Last week on the Glass Cannon Podcast. This is cool as hell, but it is crazy. The Giants ascended. The Giant puts his hands to his side <gasps> and levitates. No! Oh, no. Oh, didn't expect it. <laughs> didn't what? expect. Of course, it's a cloud giant. Why wasn't I thinking? Oh, well, of course they, they can, can fly. fly. Until a spell tore open time itself. Natural 20. Oh, Are we talking magic crit town? Oh, magic crit. I've got to confirm. I'll take the hungry pit. Natural 17. Oh, 29 to confirm. Confirmed oh, Disintegrate The heroes pounced. This yeah. dude moves over there thinking he can levitate up and box this caster in so that it'll force her to take an attack of opportunity or something that he can just smash if he's able to survive another round. But instead, you kill it. And now stand poised to enter the castle. The door to Iron Cloud Keep is now standing before you, and you all level up to 15. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! We did it! The adventure continues. You are going to regret that level up. Now. I was thinking about this on the drive-in today. <laughs> this is serious. Shut up. <laughs> I was thinking about this very serious thing on the drive-in today, and I said, you know what? I'm going to stop thinking about this because I want to talk about this with the guys and really get their heartfelt opinion on this matter. What do you think is the closest Muppet to each of us? I'm so glad you asked this question. <laughs> I know, Matthew's eyes lit up the moment you asked that question. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the Matthew and Troy show. <laughs> but, uh, Guess we found Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> uh, Matthew, I, I take it you've, d- you've thought about this before. Well, we've discussed the, the distinction between the, the Order Muppets and the Chaos Muppets. Yes. But I don't know that we've ever talked about like specific Muppets. Specific Muppets. Right. No, I don't think we have... Uh, assigned Muppets. We've no. never assigned We've Muppets. never assigned Muppets to one another. Right. Like, I think Skid is uh, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew. Oh, fine. <laughs> I fine. Was, I was going to say, of the, of the five of us, Skid is the closest to Gonzo. Oh, yeah. There's a little Gonzo. I mean, it's, it's going to be very hard to narrow a person down to yeah. one Muppet. Yeah. We, we, we contain multitudes of Muppets. That's yes. true. All of us. However, you're just Sam Eagle. <laughs> just Sam the Eagle. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's very hard to just pick one. Um, Is Joe Skeeter? Yeah, Joe or, Skeeter. He's a little Skeeter. He's a little Swedish chef. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I, I I hadn't thought what I was until right now. I think that I'm both Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> <laughs> you heckle enough to be both of them. <laughs> no, yeah, you're Statler, Waldorf, and a little, like a dash of hairy monster. <laughs> dash of hairy monster. I think you also got a nice chunk of Miss Piggy as well. You watch yeah. your mouth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, no, there is some Miss Piggy. Isn't yeah. she like a... Uh, 
Yeah, she's the, the, she's a diva. the fashionista. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Diva>. <laughs> what is that uh, one that is like human-sized that's got the big nose and walks around as oh, a guy in yeah. a costume? What is his name? That's Grant. <laughs> <laughs> the really, really big muffin. <laughs> when you were mocking Joe, I kind of glanced over at Grant, and Grant was just sitting there quietly with his microphone, like waiting, hiding, excited, hiding excited. behind his dice roller. <laughs> should have said something. <laughs> well, now I feel most like Eeyore because I'm very depressed. <laughs> that not, one? not a Muppet. Not, 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 not a Muppet. Muppet. Not a Muppet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you're definitely the guy oh, I called you. <laughs> oh, I, we could do those. We could do Winnie the Pooh. I we never, could assign Winnie the Pooh I characters. never got into Pooh. I Pooh's feel, great. I feel like I'm just going to say it before you all do. I feel like I'm Rabbit. I feel like I'm Rabbit, too. I think we're both a little Rabbit. <laughs> yeah. uh, Skid is Winnie the Pooh. He's oh. just the best to hang around with. Oh, bother. <laughs> <laughs> I never got into Pooh play. No? <laughs> no. Never something I was interested in. <laughs> I want to know the name of that big giant Muppet Because <laughs> I'm now just going to refer to Grant by whatever that Muppet's name <laughs> He looks like the Fraggle Rock. Not you, Grant, but that Muppet looks like the, the Fraggle Rock guys, the, the are, big ones. Are yeah. you referring to Sweetums? Oh, I think I think oh, it's Sweetums. Yeah, Sweetums Muppet. Type in Sweetums. Uh, yeah. Let's see. S-W-E-T. He is a large hairy ogre That's who him. towers yeah. above his human and Muppet co-star. <laughs> yeah, you're Sweetums. His bulldog-like <laughs> lower jaw, thick eyebrows, and shabby brown shirt, and threatening expression belie his more or less genial nature. That's Grant. Yeah, yeah. Sweetums. What a great name. <laughs> We can definitely call Grant Sweetums. I'm, I'm totally down <laughs> to participate in that. Yep. You know who else you have, Troy? And I'm, I mean this as the highest compliment. I'll take it. You have a streak of Grover to you. You know what? I do. I mm. accept that as a compliment. I like Grover. Grover was one of my faves. People yeah. love Grover. Grover's awesome. I, uh, I've been reading a lot of Monster at the end of the book. Classic. Great book. Um, and I, I try to do the Grover voice for uh, Archer, and he really gets a kick out of it. And then I listen to Sam read it to him, and she doesn't do the Grover voice, or she does her own version. I'm like... I'll wait till she's done because I don't want to interrupt the story. I'm like, you know, that's that's not how Grover sounds. <laughs> so either use your real voice or start doing your homework. <laughs> so you you gave her comments. I gave her notes. Just some notes. Like, are you open to notes? That's not how Grover sounds. <laughs> Do you give her a star review after each of her book reads? <laughs> right, I'll give that stars. a three and a half out of five. Uh, it's classic. I was a huge fan of Grover as a waiter. That uh, that Sesame Street. Oh classic? yes, yes. Oh yeah, is that with the guy with the? He's a blue guy with the beard, and Grover is yeah, serving kind of him soup. orange, just bird orange hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he tries to he tries to serve him like a grapefruit on a, a burger bun. Yeah, classic. It's great. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Guy doesn't want it. Grover tries to convince him. <laughs> classic conflict. Wow. wow. <laughs> what was Piglet doing during this scene? Again, this is not. <laughs> this is not the poo hour. I just. I'm just concerned because Piglet just, just needs attention. And <laughs> I just have always loved uh, Kermit's relationship with Christopher Robin. That was always part <laughs> of the Muppets. Uh, it's like that episode of The Office where uh, we reference the office a lot, where uh, Jim is trying to prove that Dwight does waste time, and so he goes over to Andy and he's talking about, "Hey, did you catch that episode of Battlestar Galactica last night?" And he's like, "No, what's that about?" And he's like, "Well, there's this uh, Jedi wizard named uh, Dumbledore Calrissian," <laughs> and uh, he's like going to stopwatch to see if uh, Dwight's going to say anything. 
was like, God, no, I haven't seen that. Is, is that based on the original uh, Battlestar Galactica? And he's like, actually, it's a shot-for-shot remake. <laughs> White's just like crumpling paper and dying. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's so good. Oh, God. Uh, is that what you're doing? Are you, are you forcing us to waste time? Because you don't want to play Giant Slayer? No, I just like uh, chatting up top. <laughs> no, it's slowly turning into a mummy. No, no, very no. Miss Piggy. That was very that Miss was Piggy very just Piggy. then. Okay, Pete. Um, All right, Mu- Frog. I been. I, I showed Archer the uh, the Muppets movie with Jason Siegel. I think he co-wrote it. And uh, I was telling the guys the other day, it's it's delightful. It's really 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 good, good movie. Yeah, really funny and and funny for adults and kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, that Muppet show when it was on, it was like seven thirty on a Sunday night. When uh, when I was a kid, it was like you'd watch it with your parents, mm-hmm. and uh, they got a kick out of it. They had uh, guest stars galore. Um, it's a good show. Did you guys do so? Uh, what about Sesame Street? Is it, are you into Sesame Street? Is Archer into Sesame Street? Yeah, I I, I kind of make him watch it because he's not. He sometimes he's into it, sometimes he's not. He's like he likes certain episodes that I just replay over and over again. But Sesame Street's different. It's still very good. But I like the setup. Of, when I was a kid, it was like cartoon and then the humans, then cartoon and the humans. Now it's mostly humans and very little of the cartoon or like cutaways to other videos. The um, I have been really surprised, and this is a bad time to mention, of course. But if the world ever returns, blah blah blah. Um, the Sesame Place is great. It's really surprisingly great. That's near Philly, right? It is, and I thought it was going to be pretty like a rundown old beat up amusement park because it's been around since I was a kid and it's really nice and they do a great job like for something that's local where your kids can just be completely blown away by like the magic of the characters being there and everything it's like it's like a little mini Disney world it's awesome super clean super nice the rides are awesome and uh, and you you know you can schedule like lunch with the uh, characters and stuff like that, and mm. it's really fun. We'll bring Grant. Be like, "Hey, you can have lunch with Sweetums." <laughs> <laughs> That's not the real Sweetums. <laughs> He's far more terrifying. <laughs> we should go. We should uh, when the world returns to normal. We'll uh, we'll bring all the kids. I'll drive out there. We yeah, so we get we have a place. we got a membership right before COVID because uh, it Classic you know you go brand. like you go three times and it pays for itself. Sure, uh, but as part of it, you can bring guests for like a discount. It's Ooh. A, it's a great system. Like a country club. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we should do it one day. <laughs> it is exactly like a country club in every way, <laughs> except there are Sesame Street characters yeah. walking around. It's a child's country club. <laughs> it's a country club with a cartoon mastodon walking around. <laughs> yes. I was going to say Graham was snuffy, but uh, I think Sweetums is better. That really was. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That, that one you know? I like being bipedal. I don't. I don't want to. Walk yeah, you don't want to. You want to give the man uh, two more legs. Yeah. You know, there's a theory that uh, Snuffleupagus is only in Big Bird's imagination. I've heard this theory because he never interacts with anyone but Big Bird. Whoa. Um, I was. I, I went down like. Well, no, that was originally. That's how it was because anytime anyone else would show up, Snuffleupagus would, would go mysteriously away. disappear. It's really cool, and it was very frustrating as a kid to watch. It's like, no, he's real, and no one believed he was real. None of the adults believed he was real. It's like he was right here. So eventually, I remember they did actually introduce Snuffleupagus to everyone else. They're like, oh, whoa, he's actually a, a big real bird. Wasn't full of shit, right? <laughs> You know the original Big Bird. Google it. Uh, go on YouTube. Watch the original, like first season of Sesame Street. Big Bird is just like um, an idiot. Yeah, they changed the character. It was just like, ah, 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 ah. oh, Big Bird, you shit yourself again. Uh, they they adapt. They change the character. He looked different. He uh, like had like three or four feathers, tops. It was just like. Ah, ah. 
Yeah. Oh, Big Bird. I worked with someone who <laughs> who was a production assistant on that show. And she just kept talking about what a strange guy that Carol, what's his name? Carol, Carol Spinney. He passed yeah, away. Carol Spinney, yeah. yeah. Just kept talking about how weird that guy was. It's just like, man, that guy's weird. Oh, God, I don't want to tangent again. But Maria, one of the humans on mm-hmm. the show, uh, I used to bartend and I would have to sometimes do like kids parties. Okay, because it was like a day shift. They'd be like, you know, 300 bucks for two hours. I'd be like, sure. Like, you just got to serve sodas. Make sure the kids don't drink any booze. So it was Maria's daughter's birthday. And I'm like, oh, my God, Maria came in. I was like, <laughs> I want you growing up. And this was in New York. So in case you don't know, New York teenagers are the fucking worst. Oh, they're, they're the worst people in the world. <laughs> worst. And the parents were just like, ah, let them have fun. The kids all snuck booze in. They turned on, like, the thong song, and they were just grinding <laughs> on the dance floor. I mean, there's no way semen didn't pass through clothing oh my on the God. dance floor. These kids were just like, that was what dancing was. They were just like... <laughs> And I was like, I would go up to the parents and be like, I, th- that kid snuck uh, rumplements in here. That's like 300 proof. And I'm pretty sure that girl's now pregnant. Do you want to do anything about it? And they're like, ah, let their kids have fun. And I'm like, you are the worst, Maria. You, this, this shit would have never flew on Sesame Street. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was uh, my childhood right. ruined. I believe I was in seventh or eighth grade when the thong song came out. So, uh. Maybe it wasn't the thong song. It sounded like, they all sound like the thong song to me. <laughs> You're such an old man. <laughs> they all sound like the thong song. Do you know thong song? It was a while ago. It was quite a while ago, but I very much enjoyed Old Man Troy's critique of the Super Bowl halftime show this year. <laughs> he decided to weigh in on the weekend's performance, and it was, uh, it was just like, no one needs this. Didn't care for, him. Didn't care for the weekend. Uh I'd like to skip that weekend and have it back. <laughs> it just the, 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 when he did the thong song, it just really bothered yeah, me. Yeah, I didn't. You could tell. He, why, why play the thong song five times in a row? <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to do a Super Bowl, at least vary up your songs. Have you seen, nope. uh, have you seen Uncut Gems? No. Oh, no. <laughs> the weekend is in Uncut Gems. No. Playing, he seems like a nice guy. He's playing the weekend. Just don't care for his music, his music. Any poop. Let's play some Giant Slayer. We're back. <laughs> back in the old studio. Back the ussr and we're gonna play some giant slayer i'm pretty excited you are at the cloud castle <laughs> do you remember when you found out about the cloud castle what no no tell me the number of episode but when did you first discover the existence of a cloud castle i, I, can't I don't know remember the i can't remember when we actually heard about it <sighs> was it the end of uh like skirkatla's tomb did you find out there was a cloud castle or was it i feel like we heard rumors earlier than that Maybe Grenseldeck? I, f- I feel like we did too. I feel like it was Grenseldeck or she letters. or Yeah, we knew about Volstice at that time. I feel like I have known that there was going to be a cloud castle at the end of this adventure since the start of this adventure. That's how I feel. And that information certainly wasn't provided to you until later though. Yeah, but I mean, but I, what, I, what I'm saying is it feels like it's been that long. So right. I don't think it was the end of book 4. Uh, I can't remember exactly when it was first revealed, and I can't remember if it was a spoiler, like yeah. if I had heard it from someone or heard it somewhere. Or I, I don't think you heard with Grenzeldeck. I think Grenzeldeck is when you started to think, "Ooh, that's probably when the idea popped in your head." Storm Tyrant, maybe a Cloud Castle. You maybe went there. Maybe you heard about it with the papers you found uh, with after Earth Ash passed. But I think the earliest was Skirkala, where you actually heard the words Cloud Castle. The only way we would have heard it before Skirkala is in like, uh, we would find like uh, 
treasure chests full of maps and like documentation and stuff. Like I felt like everyone was cagey and like not telling us what was going on until Skirkala was like, everything's out of the bag. You know what's going on. It may have been during after Earth Ash, because I think that's when you found out like that some giants are being sent to a frost giant camp. The best are being sent to the mountains. And then there's a cloud castle. I'm not 100% sure, but the point what is, happened in, you're here. What was book two of this adventure? Right, I remember like, it was Vaults of Thorn. Right, Fort. But like, so the end of it was just the fort. That was the end. The final boss-ish was... Uh, yeah, you guys fought Grenzeldeck. Bef- no, Grenzeldeck is the final boss, but... Oh, Grenzeldeck was in was there. Just, yet fort, another right, sandbox. Um, but there, so there was no big reveal of information. The there. reveal of information was... Uh, Minderhall's Valley? The existence of the Storm Tyrant. Oh, no. The Storm Tyrant we knew at the end of book one. No, you didn't. You knew that Screed was working in conjunction with this hill giant. Oh. And you thought this hill giant was going to... Start right. uh, uh, start a war on True Now. You get there and you realize that the reason she's bringing all these orcs tribes together is to a try and impress a storm tyrant that led you to Minderhall's Gotcha. Knowledge. I had put Grenzeldeck at the end of book one. I forgot Screed was the end of book one. Yeah. Wow, many people do. Uh, but you are on the doorstep of this cloud castle. This is crazy. <laughs> this this is, is it. Oh, man. Some have- of you will walk in. Some of you will not walk out. <sighs> I have some questions about the cloud castle. Did you Please. say some of you will walk in? Yes. Yeah. Are some of us leaving? None of you are in yet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, so I was thinking about plumbing, and I assume there's some sort of like waste evacuation system they just dump as they go, right? Like they're giants, they don't care. They're du- they, they, they can rain down shit over the people of Galarian, and they don't, give a, they don't care. They have no consideration. I will say there's a good chance this is addressed in the book, but continue. What I was really, con- what I was really wondering is, what is their water source? Are they just, do this have like a massive rainwater collection system or do they have some sort of magical fountain in the center of it? You know, it's funny. That's been addressed as well. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, All right. Wow. These and other questions will soon be answered. <laughs> Giant Slayer. These are the big questions though. <laughs> I assume the castle is big enough that they can have like crops and orchards and things to feed themselves with. And also they bring up some animals and they have livestock on the outside, but then you got to water the, all those, all those creatures. You got to water those trees. Yeah, there's got to be a system, and if not, you just say eh, magic. It's <laughs> true. I mean, create water is an orison, right? I mean, so but, but that'd be pretty exhausting. You do it it's would. a gallon at a time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. They just have, have a level one cleric sitting <laughs> sitting in the background, just casting create water twenty <laughs> hours. A yeah, day. it's just, <laughs> yeah. It'd be brutal for showers. Yeah, yeah that's what it really. It's brutal. just like a chain to a cistern, just like <laughs> casting it over and over again. I, I will say though that for the to the writer's credit, uh, and this goes into my uh, deep reading of Emerald Spire. I think that writers think about this stuff because it is addressed in Emerald Spire as well. When you get into deep levels beneath the earth like they'll clarify how some people have an ecosystem down there you know what i mean how yeah. where they get their water where they get their food where they you know because uh, it's a cool thing to, to think about to it's sure so that funny too just like thinking back to original the old original modules for D and how that wasn't addressed at all <laughs> i remember playing through a game and it was just like you open the door there are 50 orcs standing in here in this dungeon and my friend was like why are they there <laughs> it's like uh, I don't know. It's not specified at all. Magic. <laughs> waiting for you, I guess. <laughs> how have they survived? Yeah, what, if, what do they live on? Like, how long have they been here? <laughs> well, it's funny. Like the way these are written, adventures. It's usually like part one, part two, part three. Sometimes part four. Sometimes I even see part five. I think book four 
had four four or five parts anyways like before you uh, get to the section where they start talking about what's inside the cloud castle it's like four pages just talking about the cloud castle mm. um and so a lot of it answers these questions and uh, some of it isn't answered until you discover it and you might not like this is such a massive structure and you can see it's massive football fields upon football fields like you, i don't know what you're going to find and what you're not going to find are you going to be completionist and find everything I don't know. I doubt it. That doesn't seem like our style. It's not. (laughs) No. You kind of zipped straight up here. You know what I mean? We talked about it last week or the week before, maybe, about how there's stuff in the caldera that you just, you know what? Let's just get to that castle that is now no longer part of the story. May come out in other ways, may not. Um, Likewise, like, are you just going to rush to the storm tyrant? You know, it doesn't seem like the the most prudent uh, way of going about this. You need more intel. You know he's got lieutenants um, and a lot of people following him, but you really don't know anything about what's going on in here until you walk through the dark. (laughs) (laughs) Guys flew up here, climbed up here, one of you, um, get into this aerial battle that we did 100% correct by the rules. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you get into 3D combat, I'm just like, all bets are off. I hate it. I hate it. I'm sure it came up at uh, like a Paizo meeting once. Like, should we address this? Should we address three dimensional combat? And they're like, ah! That's all they said. Um, <laughs> that was the meeting. That was the meeting. Ah! We'll table that till next right, week. Let's take lunch. We, like, have, we have 15 <laughs> books to put out in the next 72 hours. Can we please focus on what has to happen right now? It's like at our Monday meeting, Joe will bring up the same thing to me that he's been brought up for the same past like year and a half. He's like, when are you going to take care of that? I'll be like, ah! It's the same thing in like three-dimensional aerial combat. Uh, but, you know, you, you uh, hard-fought battle. Uh, nobody fell out of the sky and died, um, although a couple of the Yao Guai did fall. And as you land the killing blow on one of these cloud giants, you see that um, Yao Guai still falling. Joe said to me after we stopped recording, he's like, did you, did you forget about other, the other Yao Guai? I'm like, no, he's, he's no longer relevant. Uh, so you see him falling and falling and falling until he disappears into the clouds. <gasps> Whoa. Where he lands, no one knows. But we focus in on we those follow. clouds. We, follow. we immediately follow him. <laughs> I jump on Metra's back. <laughs> Let's Ride, go. Metra. <laughs> <laughs> Do you use your daggers to jab into her to get a good handhold like a <laughs> <the> giant? <laughs> Imagine, though, this huge body. This was a huge creature. Just falls, falls. You watch it fall, you fall, fall. You don't have to talk about Metro like that. That's not a huge creature. Her New Year's resolutions haven't been going very well. It's huge Metro. Uh, no, this huge creature falls and just disappears into the cloud coverage. And we focus in on those clouds. And from those clouds, lights start to emerge. A bright, bright light. And... The clouds part, and we see lights fade up on a sun, slowly rising. We're now somewhere else. And as the sun crests the horizon, we can see in the foreground a vast desert that just seems to go on endlessly. We pan away from this bright white light. It's too hard to look at. And we see pyramids dotting the skyline a small oasis nearby closer to us half mile away or so from the oasis there are several modest little buildings huts indicating there's a village nearby 
we want to close in on this oasis. And as we do, we see three adolescent boys sitting about 15 feet apart or so, each with an Osiriani man or woman hovering over them. Older Osiriani person. We quickly jump to just green eyes hidden behind a a shock of dark auburn hair. The eyes dart open and look up at an older Osiriani woman who looks at the boy sternly. He looks at her and just shakes his head, kind of embarrassed. And she looks disapprovingly at him. Brandia, your mind is clouded. Your power is arguably the greatest of your brothers, but it will be wasted if you cannot find the sky behind the clouds. And the boy's like, let's try again. I could, I could feel the, the presence of an artifact nearby. I, I, could, I, could, I could feel it in my hands. I was so close, but I can do it again. L- let me try again. Not today, my child. Rest. And we will try again on the morrow. She walks away, leaving Brandier sullen, a little defeated. He looks across the small pond where one of his brothers sits cross-legged under a peach tree. He edges closer, sidles a bit nearby so he can hear the elder speaking. What did you see, Fazadir? The boy struggles for a moment to find the words. I stood on a hill watching over a a grassy field where several peasants worked the land. Suddenly there was a man who appeared as if he fell out of the sky. The people gathered around him. Time seemed to move quickly, but it was apparent that they grew to worship him as if he were a god. But then, then time moved again and it became clear that he abandoned them and they grew to hate him he pauses to to ponder this what does it mean that is not for me to say Fazadir there are those throughout time who people will revel as they do the gods but Whether mortal or immortal, they always seem to disappoint those who seek answers to questions that they themselves should answer. Farzadir looks frustrated, like he doesn't get it. It's okay, my child. The answers will come, if not now, then from future generations that will blossom from you. In the meantime, you must continue to walk. He smiles, walks away, and Brandir approaches. How goes it, brother? Where did you walk today? Farzadir looks up at Brandir. I don't know. Or at least I don't know. Yet. Can you control it? Brandir asks. 
control what, where you go, where you walk. Fazadir answers, the elders say that I can, but it feels random to me. Over time, perhaps I'll gain the clarity to control it, or if not me, future generations of my family will. Brandir stares at him for a moment. Perhaps the word family strikes him in a way that gets him thinking. Can you walk to our past? See our real parents and find out why we were separated, why we were brought here. Perhaps I could walk with you and we could alter what happened so that we never left. He's getting increasingly maybe a little manic as he talks and Father Deer physically leans back. No, brother. That is not how our gifts work. We cannot just toy with the fabric of time. Brandir cuts him off. These gifts, these powers were thrust upon us. What good are they if we cannot use them to find the answers to questions about who we are, who we were? Farzadir starts to get up and and walk away. No, brother, I'm, I'm sorry. And, and Brandir grabs Farzadir's arm as if to hold him back. And as he does so, Brandir's head flops back and he lets out a guttural, like, ah! And suddenly Brandir finds himself atop a hill, looking over a grassy plain. There are several farmers working the land. And as he stands there, his gaze is brought up where he sees a man falling out of the sky towards the earth. Brandir follows him, and right before he hits the ground, he's brought back to the oasis where Farzadir has now pulled his arm away. Brandir looks at his brother, and right around his arm where he grabbed him is a small, faintly black impression <laughs> that appears to ever so slightly smoke. Fazadir looks at Brandir in shock. Brandir is, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry, brother. I'm sorry. And he rushes away. And the lights fade out. Back into these clouds. <laughs> back to where the Yagwai fell. Perhaps to the earth. You watch this. Do you all find landing on this perch here, this outcropping from the mountain? Or do some of you stay flying? Yeah, Nestor alights. <sighs> yeah, just lightly kind of lands down on the balls of his feet. Yeah, Metro will land as well. This, the spell is still active for a little while. But sure. Yeah. I think Beren looks down at the chains that are still hanging, if there are any, and, uh, considers how high up they are for a moment and how strange and far away the ground seems now how separated they feel and then he slowly alights and as small as those towns felt to him looking down on them he now feels looking up at the castle in front of him just minuscule in comparison and adrift kind of in, in enemy territory so he's he has resolve, but he is also not without trepidation and fear. 
it's like an Avengers movie, like the way you all just land after the battle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said at the end of last week, the big cliffy was that you leveled up. Yeah, baby. Let's talk about this next level. This is a big one. Joe, you've been saying this is this will be the, the highest level you've ever reached, right? That's right. I have never... Re- and even that was fake. <laughs> uh, and this is kind of fake uh, because I didn't bring Dahlgrave into level one, but I've never actually reached level 16. So this is my new goal. Just live <laughs> one more level. <laughs> It'll be the highest level character I've ever played in a game. Wow. Let's talk about it. Um, there's got to be some cool stuff at this point. Who wants to start? I'll start. Uh, Dahlgrave <laughs> will start. Most exciting character in the party. Lead it off. It's all downhill from there. Uh, he is going... Okay, so 15th level. Uh, ooh, extra sneak attack die. Boom. Ooh, so great. add that. But don't forget that for the old uh, vexing dodger... Your sneak attack die matter even more than that one die six of damage. It is also a plus one to AC whenever you're on a creature. Oh. So your your bonus to your AC is your sneak attack dice when you're climbing. So it is another plus one to AC, which is great. Another one D6 of damage on a hit. Uh, And then it's uh, an odd level, too. So you get a feat. So uh, Oh, that's right. You guys all get feats at 15. Feats at 15. Um... I spread out my skills pretty normally, uh, as to be expected. I'm really maxing climb, maxing acrobatics, maxing stealth, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then uh, for my feet, I took uh, a feat called Weapon Trick, uh, and then it has a several subcategories, one of which is two weapons. Um, this is really fun. There's a, a subcategory of it. Uh, by the way, this comes from the Weapon Master's Handbook. Uh, there's a subcategory of Weapon Trick 2 Weapons called Piercing Climb. Uh, you have to have eight ranks in Climb to take it, and it allows you to use piercing weapons to climb as if your hands were free. So I'm just Im- imagining him now staying armed in these fights and climbing with weapons. <laughs> just sort of like, <laughs> you know, sticking them into, uh, you know, whatever equipment on these creatures. Uh, they won't do any damage per, you know, it's all kind of like flavor how he would climb up there. But um, nonetheless, the, the feat lets you use piercing weapons to climb. Uh, and you can still take 10 as long, even if you're hurried or uh, under duress or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, it's a pretty sweet trick if it works the way I think it does. And uh, I think... Yeah, I think it's going to be a great way to prevent that extra round I need to sheathe weapons, run to the next creature, and jump on them. Um, yeah. yeah, and you debated going quick draw, right? Yeah, I debated going quick draw, which obviously I should have taken a long time ago, but it wasn't until I was really playing the character that I could start to feel the the pressure of uh, of that difference in rounds. You know what I mean? That you need to draw that weapon. Um, with the Vexing Dodger's abilities. So this kills... The quick draw is great and a little bit more versatile, but it would still mean that I would need my hands free to climb. So between creatures, I would still need to take that move action to sheathe, etc. So, yeah, I think ultimately it doesn't... uh, It helps me more to take this piercing climb than quick draw. Want to roll some HP? Yes! (laughs) Forgot about that. What are you, a D6? D8. D4. D8 it is. (laughs) All right. Let's see what we got, buddy. Don't 
be discouraged if it's bad. Oh, I won't. It doesn't matter at this point. It's all a joke. <laughs> Any crit is a is an insta kill. God damn it! <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't at all. matter. No. <laughs> uh, two, five. All right. Okay. I'll, take a five. A five. I'll take a five. I'll take a five. Unless you got a six. Um, Baron, you got a complicated situation over there. <sighs> <laughs> Did you finally take that Oracle Dip? Oracle Dip? <laughs> uh, no, it's a level eight Inquisitor, which means Ooh. I'm now more Inquisitor than Gunslinger. Wow. That is amazing. Wow. I can't believe how long it's been. To your gun. I'm very close to being like more New Yorker than Texas in terms of uh, years lived <laughs> in the state. And it's like mirroring that very well. So um, the biggest thing, don't want to bury the lead, is second judgment. Oh, so you can have two active judgments. Two active judgments. Yeah. I mistakenly was trying to use two judgment castings to have two active. Now I can finally actually use one judgment casting, have two active. Wow. That's wow. great. I want to play an Inquisitor. Yeah, uh, me too. Like a straight Inquisitor. Just take it all the way to 16. So it also uh, grants me Staff of Order, which allows me Ooh. to grant a weapon with the axiomatic lawful trait which Ooh. makes the weapon law aligned and thus bypasses the corresponding damage reduction and it deals an extra 2d6 points of damage against chaotic creatures every time you do that you should be like order 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 and then uh, another exciting thing for 8th level inquisitors uh, at 5th level and every 3 thereafter you can swap out spells Ooh, so wow. you do a little spell swap I, I did a spell swap one for everybody and one particularly for my dwarven friend, Dalgrim. <gasps> Ooh! The first one that should be exciting for everyone, and everyone should be nice to me, so that you might be blessed with its capabilities, <laughs> is I replaced Shield of Faith with Lend Judgment. Oh, oh, what? oh, wow. Oh, that what? sounds that good. That sounds like Cobalt Press if I ever heard <laughs> <laughs> It's an ultimate magic to answer your question. Oh. You create a How do I spell magic? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's like that Red Hot Chili Peppers album. <laughs> M- M-A-J-I-K. Uh-huh. Uh, you create a conduit of divine knowledge and outrage, uh, outrage between you and your ally. That ally gains the benefit of one of your acts of judgments, oh, as do you. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> uh, what are the other things? If you cannot use a judgment, for example, if you are not in combat or frightened or unconscious and so on, or change judgment, the ally loses the benefit of the judgment judgment um that's exciting that's awesome so that's that's just level one spell um and shield of faith just wasn't stacking with anything anymore wasn't really worth it so can i ask you a question can we delve off topic for a second it's on topic but i want to include another show you've gotten a few levels in and now eight levels in inquisitor few levels into war priest what's the difference in like the feel of the character uh, much more healing focused. Uh, a war priest is yeah. more healing, and focused. I think role playing wise, uh, there's a lot more necessary lies, ability to cast outside of your school. Thematically, there's a lot of kind of doing the dirty work and kind of almost torture to get things out. Kind of like a Spanish Inquisition thing. Oh, okay. Because um, a war priest is a cleric fighter, right? Hybrid, but right. an inquisitor, inquisitor is its own thing. Yeah. 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 Right. It, it definitely feels that way to me. Uh, I love it. I, I I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind kind of like uh, playing a full Inquisitor. I think it would be amazing, uh, level fifteen actually. But I think everything synergizes well. 
but it's been mostly synergizing for me outside of cure spells. However, that changes this level because I've replaced silence, which now is imbued upon my gun with the gloves I use. <laughs> Don't lose those gloves. Don't lose those gloves. <laughs> I have them tied to my jacket with elastic. <laughs> like with a, a note child. from your mother. Yeah. <laughs> the Yao guy grabbed one and it was falling. <laughs> no! No! So I replaced silence with a brow gasher. Oh, great spell. Oh, that's, that's really good. So oh, you told me about this. You imbue a slashing melee weapon with the ability to deal a gruesome head wound. I love it when gruesome is in the description of the text. <laughs> when the target weapon hits a living creature in addition, to the normal effects of that hit, the wielder can discharge the spell as a free action to open a gash on the target's forehead that deals bleed damage equal to half of your caster level. So four bleed. At the start of each of the target's turns, when it takes bleed damage, it also takes a cumulative minus one penalty on attack rolls. When that penalty reaches negative three, the target also treats all targets as having concealment. (laughs) Their blood's getting in their eyes. Cut me! You gotta cut me! When (laughs) When the penalty reaches minus five, the target is blinded. Wow. <laughs> Pop that on wow. Dalgreath, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's what goes up there, slices the guy's forehead. I can't yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think I'm giving him like an old fashioned double edged razor to like slit, like how wrestlers used to cut themselves yeah. in matches. Like that's <laughs> yeah. what I'm doing. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's very exciting. Uh, <laughs> like Dusty Rhodes' forehead after a while. Oh. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> Abdullah the Butcher. Um, yeah, and those are the, the biggest things. Oh, and I also have um, another exciting, another level three spell. I went with uh, Magic Weapon Greater. Oh. So okay. um, it's it, it continues to grow in level, which is why I got it. Um, but the biggest thing is, um, in addition to affecting, um, it's going to add a plus two to any magic weapon, or to any weapon I cast it on. I can also cast this on as many as 50 arrows, bolts, or bullets. That's interesting. Wow. So I'm spreading the wealth around. I'm trying to get something for Nest. I'm trying to get something for Dal. Uh, sorry, Metro. <laughs> She's got enough. She's got enough. Everyone, air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone he cares about. Uh, want to do some HP? Oh, absolutely. What are we? Uh, Inquisitors and eight as well. Okay. Joe, what do you think? Uh, I have no doubt in my mind. I wonder what will happen. <laughs> a, a seven and an eight. He'll roll a seven. You'll roll an eight. <laughs> Five. Seven. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so that brings total, uh, for those counting at home, uh, Baron's health. As my application almost crashes as I type this in. Um, you know, let's talk a little bit more about Eeyore over here. Uh, okay, so that brings the total of Baron's health directly to 162 hit points. Ooh, wow. Not too shabby, sweetums. Matthew Grant didn't give you anything, but did you get anything for yourself? I did. I, I, I went shopping for myself. What'd you buy? <laughs> uh, remember I told you you were going to regret leveling us up? Well, you had no choice. You earned it. Yes we, yes, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> you, you earned it. Um, well, some fun things happened. Uh, oh, cool, cool. I could hear the excitement in his voice. I hope he's misinterpreting it. 15th level, you get a new bloodline power and a new bloodline spell. Oh, oh man. Oh, the spell we've actually seen before because uh, Hero Lab made me believe uh, it's not my fault. Uh, that not I, your had, fault. I had the spell already, but it's power word blind. 
Oh, oh boy! Yeah. Wow! <laughs> Power between that and, and brow gasher, we're gonna have the whole field blind yeah. in the second round. That's how you beat giants. Um, let me ask you this: Is there a save? Is there a save on Power Word Blind? <laughs> no. It's like, yeah, I was going to ask, what makes it so amazing? You're just like, blind! And they're blind? Yeah. <laughs> Unless they have spell resistance? Uh, no, the only thing that matters is uh, their their hit points. So this could come into play. Oh, so wait, is it a certain threshold or their max HP? It is what they currently have. Oh. So if it's over 201, but it's, it's, that it's synergizes. Really, it synergizes with, with uh, Nestor's, uh, what is it, Blood Reader's kid? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but if they have 201 hit points or more, they're unaffected. You're out of the woods. So you kind of wait for your bigger guys to get down. Yeah. And when you know they're a little bit low, huh? Spell resistance it does come into play. So you still have to yes. be SR, but still. Uh, yeah. Crazy, crazy powerful spell. That's like original D&D type like power word kill is what I think of when I hear power word blind yeah it's funny you should mention spell resistance though <laughs> you get something that just says fuck you to spell resistance <laughs> I, took I got this new spell called fuck you spell resistance well for my feet I took greater spell penetration oh, oh. wow I've never even oh. seen that feet. it's just an extra plus two to your, to your roll oh that's great but I already have you already, I have spell penetration now I have greater as well that's that's smart yeah you need the first one uh, to get the second one that is well wait what does spell penetration do plus two what's greater spell another, another plus, plus two, two. Yeah. so it's plus four to your caster level yeah. which is 15 so it's a plus 19 against SR now yes. <laughs> yeah d20 plus 19 you, you know you're probably dealing with an S- SR is between 21 and 26 so you'd have to just eat shit on a roll yeah um, really really cool um, and then I got some other spells, which uh, I'm not going to tell you about. I want you to meet them. I want okay. you to meet them as they become relevant. Meet them on the field. <laughs> but I will say, play. Let's got, do it live. I got an extra seventh <laughs> level spell. I also got a new fifth level spell and a new sixth level spell. Oh. oh. And by the way, like, don't underestimate what he says that. What he means is a spell that can be cast multiple times yeah. every day, like, as a sorcerer. <laughs> Wow. Uh, if we weren't busy taking up all of your greater invisibilities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to get, get, everybody, uh, get everybody going, and then I can cast my one spell for combat before Baron kills them. Yeah. Master killed them all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would venture to say, if things get really, really bad, I think the single most important thing of the adventure is, Metro, that you just get yourself out of there. <laughs> get yourself out. So we can keep the narrative going. If people yeah. stand because you got to go. Yeah, because every other party can synergize with you in a fantastic way. You know what I mean? But and like, they're the only ones with backups <laughs> that are already built into the story. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> that's right. So that's huh, true. let me write that down. <laughs> let Matthew right write. next to take Baron's gloves. Take Baron's gloves <laughs> off his corpse. And only kill murder Matthew. Want to roll some HP? Let's do it. What do you got there? D4? D6. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> Weren't Wizards D4 like originally? They were, yeah. Four. Six. Oh! Nice. Nice. <laughs> rolling, rocks. rolling rocks over here. Uh, <laughs> you really are. Nestor Coin. How are we how are we looking over there? Exciting level or not not, not really. I did I got the additional I also got the additional sneak attack die. Okay. Which is nice. Which is great. Uh, so 5d6 instead of 4d6. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. 
So, and then really, apart from skills, the only thing that I get was a feat. And I was initially, I was going to take blind fight until Joe rightly pointed out that it only applies in melee, not for ranged. So that is useless for me. Damn it, Joe. So, such a ruiner. Instead, I took something, I was like, why didn't I take this before? I don't really know. Uh, rapid shot. Gross. Oh, really, yeah. really gross. <laughs> uh, walk me through rapid shot again. It just gives you like oh, another shot. shot. Right, right. So I, th- I had taken many shot in instead. I think, but so what? So rapid shot gives me. I take minus two to all my attacks, and in return, I get an additional attack on a full attack. Jeepers! And you already have how many attacks with many shot? Can well, you combine I, many shot and rapid shot? I believe so. I think I can. The first attack in a full attack action, you get the two oh, arrows. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I don't so, know the rule on that. I yeah. don't know that you can't. As far as I know, you can do... I'm sure millions of people will feel free to correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and so I was getting three attacks, and now with the rapid shot, I would get four. Wow. And then when haste comes into play... Yeah. Oh boy, Nestor is. <laughs> See, I'm gonna need it. I am a true Nestor is a true glass cannon. <laughs> he is. He has a 26 AC. He has rolled terribly on HP at every level, and one good hit, solid hit from a giant, he's gone. You don't have to worry about him anymore. So I want to deal as much damage as I can in the little time that I surely have left. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way, Skip. I feel like we are just. Riding the snake, yeah. For like yeah. Any any minute, any, any session, minute. you know. So just do the fun stuff we can now, exactly. Before it's all over, but yeah. Really, yeah. Grant is the only one whose character isn't a glass cannon in a way, right? Uh, but, yeah, yeah. In a lot of ways, yes. Uh, I think all of us are very vulnerable. I certainly have the most protection against things, but as we've talked uh, ad nauseum, like the crit at any time could kill any of us. We're all super. Yeah, we compared to these huge giants. Um, I actually think that I probably have the highest defenses across the board when on a creature. Yeah, when you're is, on a giant, yeah. you're in amazing shape. That's a big stipulation, though. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? To be, when I'm caught out, I'm super vulnerable. Yeah. But on a creature, super high CMD, super high AC, uh, I can do whatchamacallit. Um, uh, my trade allows me to negate two crits a day. So roll with it. Yeah. So it's like... Just negate a crit straight up. It's not like a... No, you take normal damage, but you right. don't take the critical bonus damage. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So pretty good defenses, actually. You put and, your best foot forward, all of you, without yeah. a cleric. Um, yeah. Like, well, the, you know, like Baron's got naturally high def- AC. Metra's got magical defenses you can call on. I don't have anything. The only thing that I have is I can stay away from combat. Right. But if someone closes on me, I'm fucked. Right. You can be extremely effective to all of us outside of the combat right. the zone, the right. main combat zone, yeah. uh, which is fantastic. But yeah, if something gets you cornered, that's trouble. I'm and also, if you get cold, like you got four attacks, sometimes five, if you get start getting ice cold and you give them the time to get up near you, yeah. even if you yep. try to pull back to get one shot off, you're dealing with sometimes huge creatures now. You need to get even further away because of their reach. Yeah. Yeah. And rapid shot's going to bring in, and I, I was looking at, they can be combined according to the internet, so yeah, fire that's away. That's what I read. Um, yeah, I guess it couldn't be done in 3.5, but now it can. It's in Pathfinder. N- fire away, fire away. <laughs> All right. All right. See ya. <laughs> Who's your David Guetta? Um, so um, the thing is, though, even though you're not misfiring, five attacks means more chance to crit, but more chance to, to fumble as well. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So that's Especially scary. on those later attacks where it's, I don't have much of a bonus. 
Yeah. Uh, well, let's see how you do with HP. Um, what do we hear? D- D10. D10. The odds are ever in your favor. Eight. Uh, nine. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, finally. Yeah, there we go. Nice star. There we are. Wow. Well done, my son. Well done, my son. Uh, all right. So, yeah, this, this party is, you're doing the best you can. You're doing the best you can with what you got. I wanted to throw this out there for the group to weigh in on, though. My feet. Um, I've been arguing with myself a oh, lot. Um, I am one, I'm two feet, so well, one feet before I could get uh, the feet I want, which is snapshot. Uh, now, I could take weapon focus now, but it would be another two levels. And weapon focus only gives you like a plus one to hit, which I don't really benefit from too much as a gunslinger going against touch AC. Mm-hmm. And I'd be putting off the reward of snapshot another two levels basically or i could go something like improved precise shot which lets me Mm. uh, ignore concealment and and cover um except for total concealment and or i could do clustered shot which lets me go to um do uh, apply my damage before dr um so it's like it's a it's a classic reward now versus deferred gratification getting the snapshot later who knows how long this book will last who knows if baron will die so i was you have to get the 17th level yeah, before another feat comes. Yeah, up. I don't. Are we going to fight Volstis at seventeenth level? Is that the idea? Is that where the AP ends, or is it going to end before that? Interesting question, isn't it? See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's why I would love the uh, Sage Council of my uh, fellow adventurers. Yeah, I don't know. I don't feel great about it. Maybe this is our first level in this book, right? And we were under leveled going in. Yeah. So it stands to reason that there's three levels in the book. We should right? finish at 17th, at yeah. least. Yeah, so I would think that you're going to fight, be fighting at 17th level. I'm also just wondering how much attacks of opportunity will, how many attacks of opportunity will be triggered by the large giants we're fighting with reach and whatnot. I guess they do move out of my way. Quite yeah, quite. I don't think it's that great of a thing, the, the, the snapshot in this case. I, I don't think it's I don't see that many times we're like, if he only provoked from Baron right now, you know what I mean? But we have, what the heck? I mean, yeah, I don't know. It, it is, it is hard to say. I also like, I'm more drawn to improve precise shot over cluster shot. Um, they're both good. They're both really good though. Especially, I mean, if some, if you unleash with a full attack against something with a 15 DR, I mean, you know, that's how much extra that's like, that could be 45 extra points of damage, you know? And around yeah and the um yeah and you do often shoot through your allies now i wouldn't know what about concealment you said ignore concealment ignore 20 percent concealment not full concealment oh that's great because that is something you got to roll on cover doesn't really matter because their ACs yeah. are so low for you yeah and now your your weapons range is extended too isn't it it's 40 now 40 so that could matter for attacks opportunity too i mean and i can make that 50 with long shot which i still have i swapped out shield of faith rather than long shot yeah yeah it's it's just kind of a tough tough call oh that's a tough call (laughs) it really i mean of of course both of those feet we talked about are pretty great and so like again if i take improved precise now i could get cluster shot later or vice versa what is cluster shot just lets you apply you shoot all at like one target on a creature and uh it just ignores dr oh right okay yeah. oh that's cool yeah do that <laughs> i think yeah. that could be gonna be i think we're gonna be running into a lot of dr that we can't necessarily sure. otherwise overcome so sure and i think it stands to reason that if we are 17th level and it is really happening we're really coming into the end i i just don't what do you, what do you see what do you foresee like a couple 
you know, if we're lucky, like a couple hundred points of total damage that are ever done by AOOs, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Whereas, a, like a cluster shot, you could do hundreds and hundreds of points of damage with that feat alone. Yeah. With it, you could use it in every combat, yeah. in every fight. Just about. And how often are we going to run into creatures with DR other than, rather than concealment? Mm-hmm. Which, which, you know, you're four to five times you're going to beat anyway. Right. I, I just also have ways. I mean, there's there's a lot of ways. Well, there's not too many ways, I guess, to get around the DR. Um, yeah, it depends on what it is. Yeah. But, yeah. All right, clustered shot. I mean, I like it because Baron has been kind of calling shots, uh, doing things. The thing that, uh, by going down this route, I would have, at this level, actually earlier, four levels earlier, have loved to have taken a signature deed, but that's Gunslinger 11, and that makes, like, a, a deed cost no grit. Uh, oh, cool. Not, you can't hmm. do it to up close and deadly, but I could make targeting a signature deed, and I could just constantly, like, target someone. What about the one that, that, that targets touch AC beyond your first range increment? Can you I don't do know if one? you can do uh, Deadeye. God, that would be amazing. Anyway. <laughs> well, you've come a long way, Baron. You got to level the same character up now 15 times or 14 times. Um, it's always fun. Yeah. I can't believe we're at this level now. And we're standing in front of the door to the flying podcast. <laughs> when did you... We can we can save this for another reminiscence period. But when did we? When was our first level up? When did we level up to level two? Oh, um, plague house was it the plague? That's what I thought too. I feel like it was the plague house because everything was investigation, investigation. And you were earning XP throughout the investigation, but your first, um, yeah, the assassins come while you were in the in the ramble house. You fought uh, those diseased wolves. Um, but yeah, it was the plague house where you started really churning out X P. So yeah, I think it was plague house after the shadow rat fight. <laughs> I think it was like, as the shadow rat died, you leveled up or something like that. <laughs> I'd have to, I'd have to look back at the tape. Oh shit. I forgot one thing. Yeah. My study target bonus goes up a point. <gasps> also. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, really I miss kind of intense to just leave out. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so you're very deadly. You're all very deadly. But you don't know what awaits beyond these doors. You're standing on this uh, defense platform. It's huge, extending from the base of the castle right over the rocky outcropping overlooking the vertiginous heights below. There's this archway carved right into the rock uh, that opens into a tunnel with an ascending staircase that leads to double doors. The steps are huge. What's everybody's climb skill at? I mean, we're still flying. Right. Yeah. No, throughout the whole talk of level up, you lost your fly. <laughs> As we discussed it <laughs> off, uh, off, out, of, out, of, uh, out of character, we lost time. I had a clock running, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. We're out of combat? Yeah, you're out. We're out of initiative? You're out of initiative. <laughs> Isn't that the first time in five episodes? Uh, you guys four came episodes? out of it before you started the climb for a second, and then I put you in a new initiative. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I really could have just left you in it, but I didn't know what you were going to do. All right. Um, yeah, that's fine. You can fly. But I am curious about your climb speeds. The reason I'm asking is because these stairs uh, actually have to be scaled. Uh, it's not a problem for Dogrith, I would assume. Right. Uh, he is currently plus 29 to climb. Cheapers. Uh, my climb is plus zero, but if I need to fly up this, I'm already sitting at the top of the... Right. Uh, Baron, what's your climb skill? Plus seven, so not awful, but not... Okay. Uh, and skid? Uh, plus 11. Plus 11, okay. So it's really just Metra, like, when you're not being uh, harassed, 
it's just you take your time. If you fall, it's not going to be the end of the world. So I'm like, oh, 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 right off the platform. Uh, you'd really have to do a comic f- uh, fall if you landed at the bottom step. And it was like, whoa, 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 another 45 feet until you fell off. But uh, it is slow going. It's more to impress upon you that, like, these steps, you can't just walk up. These are steps built for enormous creatures. Incredible. What do you do? Uh... Let's just let's just lean on the old listen at the door. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dog Rathal, listen at the door. That's a 30. Nothing. Um, You're ready to go in. Oh, I might. Nestor knocks two arrows, draws back halfway, waiting for the door to open. Dalgrith holds a weapon in one hand, she's the other, leaving his offhand free. <laughs> Reaches out to the doorknob that's three feet off the ground. <laughs> it's a big uh, handle, huge. Yeah. Is it like even reachable? Yeah, it's like, uh, uh, you can fly up there and grab uh, it. Yeah, it's just out of, out of reach. He like rolls, him, he like rolls himself <laughs> over the doorknob and just like spinning around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, However Uh, we can attempt it I'd like to attempt to open the door Alright so I'd say a couple of you have to Help get up uh, to reach And also use your Combined strength Shall I get you a box mate (laughs) (laughs) To pull this Enormous door open Hello Creaks open You see, goes about 15 feet or so in, and there's just a wall. And then it opens up to the east and the west. Can everybody see in the dark now at this point? Everybody have some sort of ability to see in the dark, whether innate or magical? Yeah. Okay. It's pitch black? It's dark in there, yeah. What? Why do people not keep lights on? Yeah. It's so weird. I mean, uh, they, got a, they got a whole cloud castle here. You think they want to run up that electricity bill? <laughs> Dahlgrith is going to creep up to the open door and stealth it first. Okay. First, he's going to stealth it. Uh, That is a 39, and he will look both ways. Okay. You can see 60 feet with your dark vision, essentially. Correct. Okay. Um, You look to the west, and you see that the corridor continues down another 60 feet or so and ends in a small chamber. I mean, a large chamber, but uh, (laughs) smallish in uh, relative terms. And then you look to the east and you see that maybe 40, 50, 60 feet or so, uh, it opens up into another room. What do you do? Dalgraith will give the signal that he's moving to the west. And he'll just start stealthing to get to this other room. Oh, uh, I'll do a perception uh, for traps while he's walking 30. Okay. And then try to walk until I I think there's a corner of a wall or something. Okay. Um, That's about five and a half feet in front of you. You see that turns. He'll step up and just peek his head around the corner again. 
Stealthing, uh, rolling great here. That's a 41. Peek around the corner, and you see a perfectly square room. Contains some steel shelves that are laden with those enormous boulders that the cloud giants were throwing at you. Uh. Tons of them, all lined up like a bowling alley. There's a round stone table holding oversized stone masonry tools sitting in the corner there. It's on the map, you can see it. Across from the entrance where you're standing, there's a large metal tray like a palanquin lying on the floor in the opposite corner. Uh, He's going to signal to everybody to come in and follow him. And then we'll come back here to the west, and I just want to explore this room a little bit carefully and quietly. Okay. Baron will attempt a stealth to match Dalgris discretion. So, Metro. Natural 20. Ooh. 37. 37? 28 for Metro. 28 for Metro. Oh, wow. Uh... (laughs) It's a stealthy party. 40, 46. <laughs> for, for yeah, I rolled really poorly, too. Tiptoe through the tulips. <laughs> How many metros are there still? Uh, at this point, there are... Too many, if you ask me. <laughs> too many Delas. Too many metros. Too or metros. Too many metros. Uh, my computer... Okay, there are f- six of me. Six of you. That doesn't sound right. Um, and how long do you think fly? Nope. Yeah, there were six of me. Fly is going to continue to last. This fly charade. Well, how many minutes would you say it's been since we took off from the ground? How many minutes of fly do you have total? That minus one. <laughs> <laughs> it would be fourteen minutes. Does it max out? You know, fourteen minutes. So if it's been less than fourteen minutes, we still have fly. Uh, okay. You came up. You know. I mean, we flew up a good, what, Yeah, and I was keeping feet. you round by round straight through the fight. So unless you lingered on the platform for a long time, yeah. Uh, I would say probably by the time you're done with this room, unless you just go through this room quick, you, you'll be done with fly. Yeah, do you want to just move on or do you want to examine this room? Because we could go down to the east and, like, check it out while you still have fly. Or I think if we look into this room, we, we don't have time. I don't think it matters. I mean... Unless there's a reason for you, uh, like a strategic reason for any of you to keep fly, then it doesn't really matter. Now that we're on solid ground, I'm comfortable not needing to fly. Yeah. Plus, the, the darkness is helpful for other th- other abilities, so I'm fine this, to just check out this room. All right. Fly wears off. The floor drops out, and you all fall. Dahlgrith <laughs> <laughs> uh, is going to take his time in here. He, I'm going to examine... You said this is just stones, right? And then masonry tools? Yeah. Stones on shelves? like 50 times the uh, size and weight of a standard, like, giant throwing rock. Wow. Uh, All right. Well, coming from this wall and then over to this wall, Dogrith is just going to, like, check the walls for seams, for secret doors or secret passages or anything like that. He's assuming there's going to be a lot of that in here. Um, Could be wrong, but I don't know what else to check for. And... Uh, what are the walls like? Are they smooth, polished, gorgeous stone, or are they rough-hewn stone? Or the walls look to have been created um, by superior masonry. There's something um, very unusual about the walls. Like you don't know if it's magical or otherwise, but just the way that it was shaped. You've never seen this craftsmanship before. Baron, you've seen 
uh, the inside of these uh, dwarven sky citadels now at Kraganan. This is better than that. Like, it's unbelievable. And as you're looking around, you also notice that the rocks are perfectly rounded and there's shavings on the floor. So most likely they're using these stone masonry tools to make the rocks as aerodynamic as possible uh, to uh, throw them. For the giant Olympics. For the giant Olympics, yes. They're training. Let me know if there's a a Dick Webber 14-pounder on there. Yeah, that's that's what you see, and then you want to roll a perception for secret doors. Yeah, maybe Baron use your stonemason. Yeah, I I need uh, to remind cutting. you at this point with stone cutting. As soon as we pass, do you have stone cutting too? No, I replaced it. Okay. I believe I'll double check, but I think I've replaced it. When we pass within ten feet, we receive a check. It says it in the text of the stone cutting. If you want to play it that way, of a like a, a yep. secret door in a in stone. Yeah, uh, to potentially notice unusual stonework such as traps and hidden doors located in stone walls or floors. Receive a check to notice any such features as they, the party member, pass within ten feet of whether or not they are actively looking. Sweet. Uh, I got a thirty-five perception. I got a forty-one with a nineteen. Ooh, I won't even both. Uh, you don't even see anything. Uh, no secret doors. Any, but there are seams. There are seams in the wall. So it's like stacked like a bluish stone. gray tinge to it. Um, superior masonry. Superior masonry. That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you don't see any secret doors. Could you see if any of this is magical? I've never seen work like this before. Detect magic. It is not emanating magic, but you would think that this was created um, with some combo magic and masonry. Clearly a superior mason constructed this. Yeah, it had to be some sort of superior a, mason. A James Mason or Anthony Mason, not, say, a Mason Plumley. <laughs> <laughs> you do it. Where does it come from? <laughs> I'm quickly Googling Masons on IMDb. Harry <laughs> <Perry> Mason. Superior <laughs> Mason. I was going to go with Mason Berger from the oh, Hannibal. That, oh, that's, oh, that's oh, a good yeah. Gary Oldman's character. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, what about knowledge engineering? Does Baron have that? Because Dalgrith does not. Yeah, of, of course Baron has it. He's a bad dwarf, Dalgrith. Uh, too busy dwarf. adventuring. Uh, middling roll. Uh, poor roll. 14. Okay. 14, just, yeah. Superior yeah, no. masonry? Um, <laughs> you know, the, the, this was probably stone that was enchanted before, during, and after it was uh, made. This has to be uh, constructed in a certain way to uh, hold up against the elements and hold up against the atmosphere being so high up. I will say, I, I think since you entered the caldera, we didn't roll any... Um, Altitude, altitude uh, checks. Oh but wow! The yeah. minute you walk inside here, there is something that makes the altitude it's pressurized. Not, not bother you? Yeah. <laughs> wow! Wow! I didn't even think of that. Like we've got to be like ten thousand feet yeah, in the air or something. Thin air, yeah. So we close the door and it's like <laughs> start throwing up. Fire's oh, just popped. Ah. Uh, I'm sorry. I was reading the text of a spell, but did we check out the pound here? Palantir. The Palantir. A Palantir would be amazing. What a, what a find. They keep that in the foyer. The right inside. Oh, my God. They check out the Hayden Panettiere. Uh, no. Uh, if you go over and look at it, it looks like uh, 
it it was used to carry the rocks back and forth. Uh, Maybe two giants would load it up with boulders, bring it out to those siege engines. Um, I don't know. Wow. I'm reminded of this, uh, approaching this amazing masonry and these carefully constructed throwing rocks. Uh, I was listening the other day to the story of how the slab of marble that became the David was rejected twice over like a century by other sculptors and artists. And it just ended up in Michelangelo's hands just by total accident and like funding falling through and people not wanting to use this inferior piece of marble. And it turned out to be the most famous statuary in like the history of the world. Wow. Um, So like they must also be carefully selecting stones to make something that's beautiful and and both for utility of throwing and for the uh quality of the structure interesting Hmm. what do you do let's check out the other way all right um dogwraith will move the other way unless you want to metro or anesta yeah, how do you want to approach? Yeah, do you want to I'll approach in the there. same way? Uh, one that dealt with growing up and scouting. Do you want to go as a group, multiple people? Actually, yeah, Nestor should hang back. So it should be Dogwraith or, or Metra. Um, well, one thing I should point out is I have 120 feet of dark vision. So if there's anything oh, beyond yeah. that, I should be able to see from right where we are. Okay. Right. Good. Uh, okay. Roll a perception check. 32. 32. You start to look down the hallway. Um, maybe when you came in, you just you were following Galgus Lee. You didn't even look back. But now that you've turned in that direction with your 120 feet of dark vision, you start to look down there and you see on the floor of the next room some sort of arcane symbol. Hmm. And it gives you pause. Do you say anything? This gives me pause. Everyone stop. What are you pausing for? I don't know yet. We already lost fly. <laughs> no point in pausing. You see that it's some sort of trap. Oh, okay. It's a trap. It was obviously magical in nature, which means that only our rogues would be able to disable it. But you think it's possibly tied to vision? Maybe Proximity? But you know that arcane symbol is bad news. I'll reveal it on the map. Oh. <laughs> I recognize this arcane symbol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, is there a knowledge? Can we do a knowledge arcana on it? Can I do a knowledge arcana to determine if I've seen this kind of trap before? And sure. what triggers it? Sure. You're trained for this stuff, so you know to do this while averting your vision, just in case it's vision-based. Uh, it's a 29 on the Knowledge Arcana. Natural 20. It's a Ooh. 34 for Dogwraith. I've seen this before. It appears to be some sort of symbol of pain. Hmm. Type of thing that, if you were to look at it, walk over it, get maybe within a certain vicinity of it, could be bad news. And I don't know what that vicinity is. What was your total roll with the nat 20? 34. 60 feet. Oh, wow. Now you could probably 
avert your eyes and try and disable it so the rest of the party could come in. Nestor could probably do the same. So if you're looking at it and within 60 feet, you trigger it. Mm-hmm. But if you're not looking at it... Yeah, the way I see it is like, you're a rogue. You're built for this stuff. Metra saw it, told you. You're like, whoa, hold on. Now you know that, you know, or it's a magical trap. You yeah. have to be a rogue. <sighs> Dogreth is going to turn back and look at Nestor. It might need your skill, brother. Well, I defer. I mean, if you... You want to prove yourself. Not that you need to, but, you know, I just want to afford you every opportunity to showcase your own formidable skills before I jump in with my feeble sort of attempts. Right. Right, well. Everyone stay back. I'm not sure how this one's going to go. Just to make sure you disable it. After you see my burning corpse. <laughs> <laughs> Will do, friend. All right. Uh, and he's going to crab walk <laughs> sideways down the hallway. Like the uh, exorcist director's cut. Like, um, he's going to hold, uh, hold out his short sword, his giant bean short sword, fire-forged steel, and look like at the reflection of the trap oh. in the blade as he slowly walks backwards. Very okay. Clash of the Titans. Yes. Yes. The Medusa. <laughs> Harry Hamlin. <laughs> Harry Hamlin's <laughs> finest work. His finest hour. <laughs> <laughs> He's walking back and I just imagine his heart pounding. <laughs> it's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, and he's going to slowly walk back. Now, he's got his back to everything else that might be in there, so I don't know. We'll see how much the room opens up, but... All right, here he goes. He's tiptoeing up, edging ever closer to this new room. It's a pentagram, by the way, for people. Yeah, oh, yeah I've never actually... <laughs> yeah, never said you said, I've seen this symbol before. <laughs> Makes me want to listen to Megadeth. I totally... A pentagram that causes pain. Peace cells. Metra is staying just outside of the 64 <laughs> Everybody's yeah, so far away. We're all standing right in the rim of it. How is it that you can play this game for this many years and never be in a situation like this? I'm walking backwards into a room looking at all my allies 60 feet away. Don't worry. Uh, Some of my spells have, this, have a range that far. <laughs> you now are, you know, within 10 feet of the symbol and you are in the room. You see that there is only one visible uh, exit, which is a hallway to the north. The room itself contains a large steel table with a matching chair. There's a giant-sized smelting kiln, a massive anvil, and several metal boxes. A huge shelved cabinet with stained glass doors stretches across one entire wall. And then, of course, in the middle of the floor is a circle looks like it's formed from you're looking in the glint of your blade solidified molten steel that's reflecting the soft light emanating from the kiln which stands directly to the south just this glow coming from behind the door of the kiln that's that little bit of light that's coming off your sword as you edge close to try and disable this magical trap (laughs) this is so bad God damn it! <laughs> All right. Step back five feet closer. Examine 
the trap as much as I can without looking directly at it through a reflection. Looking but not looking. Looking but not looking. Looking but not looking. Minus ten to your turn. He's seen this before. I've done this once before. You can do it again, Norgrith. And remember, if worse comes to worse, you've got a vision. <laughs> he's talking himself into it. And uh, I'll roll. Sweating, sweating, yeah, dripping off his nose. Sweating. He's trying to defuse a bomb. Yeah, <laughs> he is. He totally is. All right. Here we go. Not great. That is a not great. That is a 25. A couple of things happen. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, no. Roll a fortitude save. That's not evasion. (laughs) That's not evasion at all. 25. All of a sudden, racking pain starts to cripple your body for a second, but you bear down. Come on, Dorothy. And fight against it. You do not disable the trap. You do save against its effects. However... In that moment, you hear sounds on either side of you. Oh no, that's not a good sound at all. As all of a sudden, materializing next to you are two creatures. A cross between a lobster, an octopus, and a human. Threatening you with claws and tentacles. And somewhere else in the room, you hear a laugh. God. I will see you next week. No. 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 What did I say about getting caught out? Oh, no. This is not a very welcoming, welcoming chance. No, it's not. Bring, bring, bring it back up. Bring it back up. God. <laughs> now we're going to see 16. The Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.